It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey and Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Thursday, December 7th. Happens to be my deceased mother's birthday. She would have been 110 years old today. It is also um, uh, what's a Pearl Harbor Day, and if it wasn't for the Japanese, I'd never remember my mother's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's your hosts, me, Ray, and my... My good-looking son, Zach. How are you today, Hanson? I'm doing well, Pops. Doing really, really well. Thank you, everyone, for being here. want to let everyone know that we just went live this morning, or actually it was late last night, with the updated Mazda pricing back on caredge.com slash network. Our in-network Mazda dealers going $1,000 below invoice price on 23s and $500 below invoice price on 2024s. Sign of the time, man. But we are... Sign of the times, man. But we are going to kick today's show off, Dad. Banks are screwed. Okay, we spent some time earlier this week. Yes, talking about the black book used car data, and and it's still it's shocking. the The market down one point eight six percent for those of you who weren't around earlier in the week, and for those of you that saw this, we won't spend a ton of time on it. Used car prices, wholesale used car prices, went down one point eight six percent in one week. When you look at the past five weeks, it's more than seven and a half percent declines in the wholesale used car market. And then, dead this morning, we get the latest data from. Uh, Cox Automotive, wholesale yes. used vehicle prices decrease in November. So we see a really significant and pronounced decline down 5.8% year over year. And you can look at the chart. You can see things are going down and yes. at a pretty significant rate. Well, Dad, it's not only used cars, trucks, and SUVs. BlackBook also puts out what they call their specialty market insights. That's a lot of red on the screen, folks. October to November, average segment change in value. Here are the values of ATVs, cruisers, uh, jet boats, off-road vehicles, snowmobiles. Snowmobiles down 1.7% dead in the winter. Wow. Watercraft down 4.6%. Those jet boats down nearly 5%. Dad, when you start to look at all this data, you have to think about the companies that are actually underwriting the purchase of these things and those people that own them and now realize that they're worth significantly less than what they finance them for. We have high, high, high auto loan delinquency rates and delinquency rates in general, people defaulting on their loans, values plummeting. Banks are in a bit of a pickle here, aren't they, in terms of what they can lend and what things are actually worth? Um, well, they've, they've always been in a bit of a pickle about what they can lend and what things are actually worth. Um, you know, because traditionally they've always lent more than what things are actually worth because they lend at a retail level as opposed to the wholesale level. So they know the moment that they, they agree to, a, a, uh, to finance a vehicle, they know that a certain percentage of that loan is uncollateralized because, well, they're they're financing the retail amount, and you know the re the wholesale amount could be four or five thousand dollars less than that retail amount. But with wholesale values declining as quickly as they have been, banks have to look at that and go, okay, how do we want to position ourselves moving forward so we can best protect our investors' monies? So, yeah, I, yeah, they're, they're a little screwed. Um, they're, they're a little screwed for two reasons. They're not approving as many loans as they have been in the past, and there aren't quite as many people who would qualify or had qualified in the past that 
will those people no longer qualify now? So it's, it's a conundrum that they're faced with at the moment. It absolutely is that. And we see it showing up in all segments of auto lending, but most pronounced it's happening in the subprime space. There's a company out there called America's Car Mart. Here you go. They're having their 15th annual toy drive. Kudos to them. America's Car Mart is a publicly traded subprime, typically, you know, a, a subprime uh, skewing uh, car dealer out there, folks. Yes. One of our community members did an analysis of car American America's Car Mart's earnings dead. And net charge-offs, which are the the percentage of loans that they're just that they actually finance that they're saying nope, not coming due, were up to seven point two percent versus five point eight percent. Wow! So for the past six months, thirteen point one percent of their loans have not come in, as compared to the prior six months, which were eleven percent. I mean, you you seven more than seven more than thirteen percent. I mean, these are huge numbers of of loans in, in hundreds, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars that are no longer going to be paid. And customers are just looking at it and they're like, I could pay my car note off or I could not. And they're just choosing not to. And there's a lack of repossession agents out there to actually go pick up the collateral. We've talked about that. And so it puts these banks in a position where they've got money tied up in something. That something is becoming worth less every single day, which reduces the incentive for the consumer to keep paying on it because they, they, they can't really justify it. They're okay taking the hit on their credit score. And you end up in this situation where these things are just plummeting like rocks and your capital is just tied up in it. I think we're kind of due for like the same type of used car price reset. We're inevitably due for like a, a financial market reset as well. Um, it, it appears as if we, we should be and could be. Um, but, you know, when you look at these subprime lenders, they knew the bed they were climbing into when they climbed into it. They knew that that because of the market they wanted to um, um, loan to, mm -hmm. lend money to, that they were doing it with a group that was at higher risk not to, not to make all their payments or not to make their payments in a timely fashion. They knew that mm -hmm. going in. I mean, they want to specialize in this type of customer. Now, the, the problem is, as interest rates continue to go up and as wholesale values continue to decline, um, it makes it harder for uh, that group of, of buyers to be able to meet all their obligations that they have. So mm -hmm. more and more of them are kind of falling by the wayside when it comes to handling their their auto payment. But this is they, they knew the bed they were getting into, you know. They, it, it, which, having hmm. said that, I mean, there were any number of like subprime used car dealership groups that went out of business earlier this year, um, you know, because the amount of collections and, and defaults was much higher than what they anticipated and, and they couldn't sell their loans off so mm -hmm. that they, they just had to close their doors, um, you know, but. That's the risk you take when that's the market you want to play in. All right. One more piece of information here. The company increased the allowance for credit loss from 23.91% to 26.04%. So more than a quarter of their loans that are outstanding, not the total number of loans, but the dollar amount, resulting in a $28 million charge off to wow. the provision. I mean, so they're saying they, like, that's, that's obviously in the subprime space. They're obviously, you know, signaling like, hey, we don't expect all of these to come back all anyway, but now it's higher 
than ever before. I think the other angle to this story, Dad, that makes it tricky for banks and more importantly for consumers, if I'm going to actually buy a car here at the end of the year and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm break even on my trade-in. And then you realize that you're three, four, five, six, ten, fifteen thousand dollars underwater. That's going to kill a lot of car deals. Banks are going to be in a position where they maybe want to actually lend to that person, but now the loan to value ratio is totally out of whack because we're tossing in minus fifteen thousand dollars. May I suggest to you, after having done this for forty-three years, um, the percentage of people that are absolutely shocked to find out that the value of their vehicle is considerably less than what's still owed on it. That number is sky high. Everybody would like to believe, maybe because it's their car, everybody would like to believe that they have equity. And they are just flat out shocked when they find out that they're three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars upside down. And they want to get out of it. And they go, well, what do I do? Can't we just roll all that into the next loan? Um, at one time, you could. Today, it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah. You know, you can. The, the, it's kind of like Las Vegas in the sense that, yeah, you can get out of that car that has $8,000 in negative equity. Um, all it takes is money. And when you go to Las Vegas, you look at all those hotels and you go, my God, it's like Disneyland for adults. All it took was money. If you have the money, you can build one of those one of those casino <laughs> hotels. If if you have the money, you can buy your way out of your loan that you're upside down in. So if you're eight grand flipped and you want to get into your next car, hey, ten thousand dollars down should do the trick. All it takes is money. Yeah, so that's going to be the story for the next couple of months and honestly into next year is going to be you want to get approved for an auto loan, be prepared to put some money down, especially. If you have that negative equity situation, which again, just look at all the numbers, look at all the data. Your trading is worth less today than it was yesterday. Your trading will be worth next week than it was yesterday. CarEdge.com slash sell. Go get your cash offers. Typically, they're good for like two weeks. Get it today so that if you sell it two weeks from now, like a little bit of arbitrage there, because folks are going to be looking at more and more negative equity. And the only way to make up for it, the only way for the bank to approve the loan is going to be, where's the money down? And, you know, if, if I can share a personal anecdote yeah uh, i i knew a i still know him he's really a, a wonderful young man had a uh, had a volvo s90 and you know he got a buy bid on it and the buy bid was i don't know three four thousand dollars less than what he owed um and and when when he took it to carvana because they were the highest bidder on it um he had to walk in there with a check of his own to hand to them to make the car whole. Um, that's what, yeah. so so if you're thinking that you don't need a car today, the car that you have, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but I owe more on it than what it's worth. Well, you better think that six weeks from now, you're going to owe even more on it than what it's worth. If you can afford to write that check to make yourself whole and you wanted to get out of it, that's what you need to do. That, that, it's just what you need to do. And, and you know, it made sense for that that young man um, a couple of years ago. That was uh, me, folks. I sold my <laughs> sold my Volvo to Carvana and I owed, yeah, like three grand on it when I did. I put so many miles on that thing. It was yes. a total waste. And I timed it terribly. So just, you know, whenever you take advice from us, keep that, keep that in mind. All right, Dad, let's switch gears a little bit. I found an article that was over in Auto Finance News that I think ties in a bit with this discussion. 
The headline reading incentives lean heavily on leasing. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but the gist of it is that we have more and more lease incentives coming from the manufacturers. Toyota's subvented lease contract volume is up 44% year over year. The whole idea here is that yes. uh, you know monthly payments are out of reach for many people. So let's get them into leases. Folks, I take it you can't be too surprised by this. Uh, I am not surprised by that. I, I've been I've been saying for the past two or three years um, that I don't understand why the manufacturers have abandoned um, their leasing programs and incentivizing their leasing programs. At least uh, when you're putting thirty to thirty five percent of your customers into a lease, that means that those vehicles are coming back due. In three years. Now, I read recently that they're expecting lease equity to continue for quite some time. The residual values are still lower today uh, <laughs> and moving forward than what the market value of these vehicles will be at the end. But having said that, if you can if you can move the needle on leasing from where it's been sitting at 16 to 18 percent back up into the 30 to 35% range, um, you'll have a greater opportunity of taking in some high-quality, low-mileage, well-maintained used cars in three years. That's the type of thing that keeps your customer coming back. So, And, and I do remember earlier in, in the year where one of the executives at Toyota said, mm-hmm. we need to... We need to revamp our leasing business and get back into leasing in a big way because, A, it keeps the payment down for people, and, B, it makes good sense because it brings our customers back sooner. So even they recognize the error of their ways. You can't you can't expect to get people out of their cars if – the only way they're affordable is for them to finance it for 72, 84, or 96 months. Uh, you can't expect them to be trading out of those every three years. But if you if you truly underwrite a great lease program that makes it affordable for somebody to go into a lease for 36 or 42 months, well, you, you've dramatically increased your chances of having another sale in 36 to 42 months. And that opportunity doesn't exist when people were in 72, 84, or 96 month notes. The average finance term length is 70 months. Okay. Just, that is the average finance term. There is a push, this article talks about, there's a push to even do 24 month programs, Dad. Just get people in butts and seats, butts and seats, move metal, get, get, yes. get vehicles out there. I think we're going to see even more of that. There are third party companies as well that are trying to innovate on like subscription y type of leases, which. There's two camps here. One is like, I want to be able to own something, whether it's depreciating or not. I would just want to be able to buy something and own it. And then there's another camp where it's like, all right, as long as the monthly payment's the monthly payment, I'm happy. Um, leasing is like very much so towards the monthly payment makes me happy because on some new leases, like with Ford's electric vehicles, with Tesla's, you can't buy it at the end. It's mm-hmm. like a new version of a lease where it really just is a long-term rental. With these other lease programs, the more traditional lease programs, you have the option to purchase the vehicle at the end. That's a huge advantage in these. There's plenty of people we deal with every single day. There was a gentleman I was helping yesterday, Dad. He's trying to get into a new Kia Nero EV lease. 
Mm-hmm. And he said to me over the phone, he's like, well, Zach, I know I've got about $5,000 equity on this one, but I think I'll just return it. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. Like you signed that contract three years ago to give you the option to buy it now. And, he, and he's like, well, the dealer, you know, I heard that we can't go through third parties, so I can't like just go sell it to CarMax. I'm like, man, like pay me 500 bucks. I'll do all the dirty work for you. Like, don't just let $5,000 go because you have to, you know, go through, jump through some hoops. Which should be very clear, the automakers, uh, the captive le- le- captive leasing um, uh, companies made it more difficult to actually have third parties pay off leases. Anyway, I think there's a big push to go back towards leasing. I think there's a lot of ambiguity and like people get confused about it. And generally, it's a good thing, um, especially if the under if the leasing company's underwriting it. If yes, most people don't truly understand leasing. And the reason most people don't truly understand leasing is because the salespeople at the dealerships don't truly understand leasing. Um, If you ask them to explain it to you, they could not. Um, They most salespeople never take it upon themselves to well want to learn about it. I remember where I brought in a a consultant um, who was a lease expert. And and he and he did training, lease training for salespeople, so that he could they could dive real deep into leases, how they work, why they work, um, what's important, what's not important, and really get into the nuts and bolts of a. And you know, most of my salespeople who had been there for a number of years, it was like uh, this aha moment for them. Oh my God, I had no idea, and. You know, meanwhile, they'd been talking to customers about leasing for three, four years, and all they knew to talk about was the payment. They, you know, if if you in the in the olden days, olden okay, days, in the olden days before some of these lease companies got a little bit greedier than than they had are now, um, you know, the, there you had options on a lease, and the option was that. You could lease the car and you knew what your payment was going to be. And at the end of the lease, you could you could hand the keys back to the dealership and you could pay a lease disposition fee, which is typically $350 to $395. Gone up, totally gone up. This guy on a Kia dad was a $495 disposition fee. Well, it's typically it's spelled out in your lease with the original contract. Yes. And and um so you could pay the lease disposition fee plus any excess wear and tear or excess mileage charges. So if you're allowed on a 36-month lease at 12,000 miles a year, if you're allowed 36,000 miles and you have 36,100 and they charge you 25 cents a mile, well, then you're going to pay that extra $25 um, in, in excess mileage charges. Or if if it turned out it was like, the greatest vehicle you've ever driven, and you know everything about that vehicle, you would have the option in the olden days at many lease companies to be able to buy that vehicle for the residual value, which you knew what that value was going to be the day you signed up. It's usually a percentage of the MSRP. For the last three or four years and moving forward, they expect those residual values to continue to be much less than what the true market value is. So in in the rare instances where you could buy a vehicle 
25, 30, 35% below its real market value, it made perfect sense to do that. Or, or you could, you could, come back in and just lease another car and they waive the disposition disposition fee and you just continue along with your payments and and all this is based on the premise that the vast majority of people who get cars don't pay cash for them they they make monthly payments on them whether it be to buy it or to lease it. And leasing typically allows people to pay a smaller monthly payment for a higher value vehicle for a shorter term. All right, we're going to move on from leasing. I just dropped the link in the chat. That was me ringing the bell. Pops, great job explaining leasing. What does it mean to lease a car? The Consumer's Guide to Leasing. Just Google search car edge space leasing. We have incredible free resources that explain all things car leases to you. We know it can get a little bit dense. We've got some OG videos as well from way back when. You remember that day, Pops? That was a cold I, day. I, I was free. I, you know, I still have that coat, by the way. And I was freezing my tuchus off. Um, and that was, we were in Silver Spring. And it was windy as could be that day. It was, it was, that was not a pleasant day. And we've got some great input from community members. Cap cost, residual value, money factor, drive the lease components. I agree with George. I shouldn't put any money into it. I also believe heavily that you should be cognizant of your annual mileage. Spot on, Dan. Totally agree with that. So again, leasing yes. can be complex. We got onto the subject because we're talking about people who might be trying to trade in their cars that are upside down, trying to fit monthly payments. Automakers are writing in, you know, incentive programs for leasing. It's kind of how you end up. Getting there. I want to take just a quick second, then we're going to jump to the chat. Dad, back on okay. caredge.com. I want to show everyone because Douglas says Mazda has 0% financing for 60 or 63 months for well qualified. Question What is well qualified for Mazda? I mean, if you got over like a 780, you're probably going to be in that tier one um, on the credit score spectrum, but it's pretty easy to, to check. The reason I'm bringing that up, Dad, is because. Yes. Just scroll down, folks, on CarEdge.com. Limited time offer, $1,000 off of invoice price on the 2023s that are in our network and $500 off invoice price on the 2024s. I love what our team has done here, gang. The price is the price. Kind of fun, folks. You actually just come to a freaking car, and that's the price. No, the only addition it. on that. isn't so. Stop it. Dealer has a doc fee. Yes. All right, so the only addition to that is dealer doc fee title, registration, taxes. But the price is the price. You point and you click. We can ship it to your door. Please, 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 folks, if you're in the market for a Mazda, take advantage of. They also even have that on the 2023's Mazda as an OEM incentive. $2,000 cash incentive. I was helping one of our community members with that. It is not compatible with their APR incentives. But on the 23's, they have an extra $1,000 incentive that is compatible with the APR. So like, Really strong Mazda incentives here. Really strong dealer you know, discounts. Please, 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 folks, caredge.com. Then click on that button or use the trusted dealer filter to take advantage of that. We're having so much fun. It's really cool, man. We're shipping cars nationwide to people. They don't even have to leave their homes. They're getting a fair deal. It's really pretty cool. You know, yesterday afternoon, I spent an hour chatting with John Leverett, who is a uh, executive at, at Mazda. And, uh, you know, we talked about Mazda is... What most people don't, they are like the last of the independent manufacturers. You know, they are not, they, they have some working arrangements with, with Toyota on some stuff. But for the most part, they are entirely independent. Um, 
and it was really an interesting conversation as to where they where they see themselves going and and i you know i did ask the question with with affordability being an issue for so many people and and your desire to move more up market why is that and he goes truth of the matter is we need bigger margins in the cars so that we'll, we're able to continue to move forward towards electric or whatever fuel platforms they're going to be moving forward. Um, and it did, is. Did you, did you tell him bring a full size pickup truck? Because that's evidently <laughs> how everyone does it here. Uh, well, I did ask if if they're going to bring back their small pickup truck that you know and. They're looking at that as a possibility. They 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 haven't committed to it entirely yet, um, because I remember we were when we were in St. Martin, we saw Mazda pickup trucks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it would be nice to have some fairly priced, good quality pickup trucks, um, fairly priced, good quality cars, uh, and I you know I get why they're moving up scale. An up market because they're trying everybody's trying to become more premium the only problem is going to be is when well the vast majority of people can no longer afford premium then what do you do <laughs> let's jump here to the chat pops we've got a thoughtful contribution thank from you, manny. manny manny thank you for this all right manny's lease is up in march of 2024 on a yes. 2021 ram $32,000 residual value all yeah. right wife let's say gently used honda pilot values tell me to give the truck up at the end of the lease, should I pay it off early and take advantage of current market pricing on used cars? All right, let's think this through, Pops. What would you be doing? Well, first of all, it's going to depend on the payoff. I think the first thing I would do, if it were me, I would I would go to caredge.com slash sell, and I would plug in the information into the sell tool and see what kind of offers I could get for that vehicle. And that'll give you um, some idea as to where you're actually sitting as far as the value of your truck might be. Um, and and I, we're seeing somewhat of a correction in wholesale values on the used car market, and we we expect to see some dr much more dramatic price declines, and and even. If dealers are still asking more than they should, there are many more dealers that are more willing than ever to negotiate those prices. So it, it might make sense um, to hold on, or if you can afford to just get rid of it and then wait for used values to continue to go down and then buy a vehicle at that point. Yeah, because you've someone's got to pay for the next three lease payments. Like that, that's not yeah, going away. That not. being said, that being said, the timing piece is kind of interesting. Like spring selling season will be in full throws in March. So many, yes. you know, used Honda Pilot prices are probably going to be upswinging back yes. then. Um, so I, I I agree with my dad. Like, see, compare your payoff to what the actual cash value is, and then start doing some research on Honda Pilots and start to look at the delta there, and then think the difference between the two. And then I would think. That in March you should expect the Honda Pilot prices to maybe be five hundred dollars more. That's probably a reasonable expectation. They're going to hold their value a little bit more. You'll have less negotiating, you know, power, and then you'll either just turn in the RAM, or if there's any equity there, you'll you'll buy it and sell it. But I would I would not think it's more than like five hundred, maybe a thousand dollars max difference on the Honda Pilot prices between now 
in March of next year. And, and you know, if you get a, a, a decent value offer on your current truck and uh, there's a Honda Pilot out there that's more negotiable than it had been, you know, perhaps it, if, if the two were close enough right now, perhaps it might make sense to do it now as opposed to waiting. Um, but you have to factor in what what the value of your vehicle is in, in comparison to your payoff so you, you can make a more intelligent decision. I generally agree with Jim here. Like in March, the Ram will be worth this. And, and I don't think actually worth this. I just, I don't think it's going to be, let's say it has like a, 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 an ounce of equity right now. Like it won't um, come March because I think we're just going to continue to see downward pressure. But if you still owe between the three lease payments, another, I don't know, 14, 1500 bucks, more than that, you know, $2,000, still probably makes sense to just pay it, drive that for now and then buy the Honda in March. Of next year. We, we, we know that the Dodge uh, has an issue with the amount of Ram pickup trucks they have at the moment. Um, and you so can even go lease the new 2022. Some dealers still have them. Well, but my, my point was going to be yeah. is that there's, there's going to be a lot of downward movement on pricing of both new and pre-owned Ram pickup trucks as we move. The 1500s, forward. the 1500s, definitely. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. All right. So, that, let's, Let's look here at the chat we had from Igor. Help my yeah. family member buy cars this month and a few more I still have to get. I fought yesterday tooth and nail on a dealer with a dealer in the New York City area on a BMW X3 30i, six hours to get the deal done. I wanted to ask you a question, Dad. Yes. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask everyone a question. Um, and I need help. This is like a, coming from a very genuine place. I was on the phone until about 11 p.m. last night talking to different people trying to think this through. We're building out the Car Edge Network. You all see us doing it in public. The whole idea is the prices are pre-negotiated. There's no added fees and, and BS. Um, you know, you don't have to work with a salesperson. You never even talk to a salesperson. You work with Car Edge. Um, we can get the vehicle delivered to you. And you can do it, you know, from home. What I'm struggling with is there are dealers out there, Dad, who want to charge some crazy price for a car. Mm -hmm. What I'm struggling with is if they agree to the other rules, if they agree, like, the price is the price. They won't mark it up. They won't change it. If they want to charge an arm and a leg for it, but they don't want to add any fees or they promise not to add any fees and we regulate that and they allow Car Edge to do the deal, like there is no salesperson <laughs> and they allow us to do it through our platform versus having to go through them. I'm contemplating like, should they be allowed on the platform? Should they be allowed on, on the Car Edge network? Even though their price might be stupid, even though their price might be stupid, no one will obviously buy it because the price is stupid, but they... What I'm trying to do is like, how do we actually just get legit prices on our website? Well, that's how, how we you do it. That so, that's how you so do it. Um, yeah, you know, it, it depends. Ultimately, it boils down to how competitive they want to be. Okay. And if they want to take the position of we're going to ask for a much higher price than our competitors. Um, Not selling out, Rob. If, if they want to sell at a much higher price than their competitors and then uh, and a much higher price than than the competitors they would have on our platform, but the price is the price. Well, if if the only thing as a consumer you're concerned with is the ultimate price of the vehicle, then you'll bypass them, even though they're because you'll go with a dealer that has a cheaper price. At a certain point, I I believe it would force that dealer to ultimately end up lowering their prices but totally because that's because that's what i've been run into so like i 
this is how we do things here, folks. So like we've now got multiple dealers that have the same brands in our yeah. in, in the marketplace on carhedge.com. Yeah. They don't want to price things the same as each other because they're in different regions and they have different allocations. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That being said, both of them have committed to, or all of them have committed to, the price is the price. Whatever yeah. price we tell you, Zach, we're not going to change it on you. We won't change it on your customers or anything like that. Because the price is the price, and we'll let CarEdge handle it, which which to me is like all I could really ask for. Yes. I could try and work them on price, but you know what will happen if they don't sell? What are they going to do? They're going to lower the price. So I'm trying to like wrap my head around how we protect what you... we've built and, and like solve a real problem for the industry, Dad, which is if you go on any of the traditional car search websites, it's all BS pricing and everyone knows it. And that's why Igor had to spend six hours negotiating because yeah. the dealer wouldn't actually former, say what their price was. And he's a former car dealer. Um, I, I would, I would say this, you can't expect all of the dealers to sell at the same exact price that is called price fixing. So you no, can't, that's not price fixing. Yeah. You can, you can tell people, Hey, if you want to, you want to advertise something here, here's what you have to do it for. That's not price fixing. That's just pre, that's like pre-negotiate. I'm not saying we should do that because there's market conditions that'll dictate to someone what they're, whether they're willing to do it. And I think Igor's right. You can't let anyone that plays games be a part of it. Yeah, no, that, but that 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 erodes the trust. Like if someone adds a fee, if someone says, "Here's the car edge price," yes, and then and then a customer go goes and they or we secret shop them, and there's a five hundred dollar fee, they're kicked out. They're yes. kicked out. But if they wanna if they wanna advertise a price that's at MSRP when everyone else or you know, the next over, that's up to them. At least at least the customer who's in that neighborhood. That, that's what I'm that would, to think. Man. Yeah, yeah, that would that doesn't want to go outside of their market, doesn't want to have to get a car shipped, doesn't want to at least that customer knows, well, even though it's more than if I travel 700 miles away, um at least I know the price, at least I know there's okay. no games and I don't have to be bothered wondering what time the car is going to get I think that's fine. We'll do, we'll do, we'll set up a different live show one of these days. We'll do business planning with Car Edge so that you can have an inside look into how we're trying to evolve the industry. Cause yeah, I think, again, I'm just, we're running into this recently. So I thought I'd talk to my dad about it and I'm so busy and he's, he's so retired that we never talk anymore outside of the show. So I thought I'd bring it up here. And Igor's comment reminded me, it's like, I, it's so stupid that people have to negotiate for six hours. That stupid deal, excuse me. In my opinion, that yeah. dealer who may or may not be stupid should have just, freaking put whatever price they're willing to do up front and just do the deal and don't play the games it's like six hours of igor's life gone six hours of the salesperson's life gone six hours of the sales manager it's so freaking stupid man just freaking put what your price is and then i get it dad because you go on the other listings websites cars.com auto trader car gurus everyone's advertising bs prices all the prices are bull crap and i talk to these dealers now and they're like yeah we hate it but we don't know what to do I'm like, okay, how do we create a safe space for these people to like banish those that play the games? Anyway, I'm like, ah, this is what I think about. This is I was I was up to eleven last night talking to people about this. Dad, you know and, I don't and, stay up. And you, and you know what's scary about that? That that huh. that's like two and a half, three hours past your bedtime. Exactly, <laughs> folks. I'm passionate about this stuff. We got to get rid of the people that are playing the games. All right, let's come here, Dad, to Peter. Thank you for the contribution, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Peter's waiting for my 2021 BMW M550 to come off lease in July, but starting to look now. Going SUV this time, looking suburban or Escalade ESV, worth lading until late 24 for the refreshed 
models. If you've got that many payments left on your lease, I'd be waiting. I don't, I mean, we're still seeing Suburbans and Escalades dealers charging MSRP. We've got a dealer in our network that even does supplier deals on them, which is awesome. Um, but Peter, I would wait. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I can't imagine. The lease payment's got to be like a thousand bucks on that a month. Like that's a lot of money. <laughs> I, well, you know, maybe that's nothing to Peter. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's relative. You know, Peter very well could be part of that 18% of Americans whose car payment is in excess of a thousand dollars a month. And, you know, if Peter's earning a half a million dollars a year and his payment's 1500 it means nothing. Everything's relative. Peter, I'm waiting, man. I would wait. I don't think you're going to get anything too significantly big for the like five grand that you're going to spend to get out of that lead early. All right. Thank you guys for letting me kind of vent a little bit. Kim, I saw your comment before. Um, Zach and Ram in the market to purchase soon. It's fairly priced. Been looking at Genesis GV70, but don't see any trusted. Yeah, we don't have any Genesis dealers in the network yet. I'm sorry that we don't. Um, would 23 deals be better in Q4? No, your deal, the deal you're going to get into this month is going to be better than what you'd get at the beginning of next month, Kim. Post on the community forum, caredge.com slash community, so someone in the community can review your car deal for you and help make sure you're paying a fair price. Nicely done, young man. And here you go. I yeah. don't even know who Cody is. Nice to meet you, Cody. Our CDGR team is working our first car edge deal. Oh, you must be with Jim Glover would be my guess. Yeah, we're helping a customer on a Jeep right now, Cody. I, I, Co this was awesome. I, I Hopefully this was you, Cody. They sent us a whole video walk around YouTube video for the customer. The price is the price. There's no games. It's really kind of cool. Yeah. Thanks for being Jim here. Glover really yeah. You. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Really appreciate you being here, Cody. Thank you for that. It's exciting to work with y'all. Okay, Dad. Tomorrow? Um, yeah, I think we, we might be back. It's Friday. We'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern, um, 10 a.m. in Phoenix and uh, 9 a.m. on the West Coast with more news that you can use from Courage with your host, Ray. That would be me and uh, that young man, Zach. And by the way, for those of you out there who celebrate, happy Hanukkah to everyone. Yes, happy Hanukkah to those that celebrate. Happy holidays. Fun time of year. Love you the very love you very much, Dad. Thanks for helping me brainstorm a little. And I'll see you. We got a team meeting in 22 minutes. Are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the list. I'm, I'm not allowed not to be there. <laughs> what if we? What if we someday went? What if we live streamed our team meetings? Now I got to just see what the chat says. I just oh, well, see. And Peter, gotta, Peter gave us a contribution, so we'll stay on. Yes. Peter, thank you for this. Uh, Peter is not making half a million dollars a year. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Peter. <laughs> yeah, sorry for you, Peter. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Um, I, meant that, I meant when the lease uh, is will a refresh Suburban or an Escalade be worth the extra, extra re six months has for? Mm, he's losing me. Um, I, I, I would imagine the refresh ones they're going to be getting all the money in the world for those initially so you're you're yeah, probably going to you're probably going to be paying a lot to get into one of those and uh, you know maybe between now and then peter uh we can help you uh, in your search for a job that will pay you half a million dollars a year <laughs> <laughs> everyone says we should live stream the meeting maybe what we'll do is we'll record it and we'll, we'll start publishing the the recordings i i think that would be really interesting i'll think about it a little bit more and make sure that we like I feel comfortable with it, but generally I don't see why I wouldn't. Anyway, all right, stay tuned. Maybe we'll start publishing our team meetings. That'd be really cool. I love yeah. you, Dad. I love you too. I'll see you in twenty. See you soon. See you guys. See you, everybody.